This is part two on 2 Thessalonians 1, 5 to 8, and I promised last time that we would focus a kind of little mini-theology of the kingdom of God. This is evidence. This affliction and persecution that has caused your faith to be refined and proved genuine as you endure it with steadfastness, this is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, and the purpose of that judgment is that you may be considered worthy. And we talked about how that uh, is to be taken. Worthy in what sense? Last time, considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. So this judgment is a appointment, an appointment of affliction and persecution with the purpose that we be made worthy of the kingdom of God. Now, Father, I pray that as we focus for a few minutes on the meaning of your kingdom, your kingdom, present and future, we would be caused to know, caused to know whether we are in the kingdom now or not, and thus whether we will get into the kingdom or not. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If that sounds puzzling, hang on. Let's go back to Jesus, who really emphasized the kingdom of God. Here's the way he came preaching. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. How? And saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. So repent and believe this good news. So he's preaching the gospel of God, and the content of it is the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's what he's preaching. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now, kingdom in Greek, basileia can mean location. I have a kingdom, and it stretches from horizon to horizon, or rule or reign, namely the process of the king's reign. So that's going to help us understand the flexible usage of this term. How at hand is this kingdom or this reign of God? Here's Mark 4, 10 to 11. The twelve asked him, asked Jesus, about the parables, and he said to them, To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But to those outside, everything is in parables. What's the secret? Let me give you a suggestion, and then I'll try to show it. I think the secret is fulfillment, fulfillment, without consummation. In other words, the promise of the kingdom in the Old Testament is right now fulfilled in the ministry of Jesus. I am preaching the kingdom. I am bringing the kingdom. The kingdom is at hand. It is being fulfilled. However, it is not being consummated. 
It's not completely fulfilled. The kingdom is arriving in two stages with the first and second coming of Jesus. Look at Luke 17, 21. They will not say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So Jesus is saying, here's the, here's the mystery. It's right here. I'm here. I'm the king, and I'm in the midst of you. Or Matthew 12, 28. If it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God ha- has come upon you. The ministry of Jesus in the casting out of demons is the arrival of the reign of God, breaking into this world, subduing the enemies of God, establishing the rule and the reign, saving reign of God in the earth. And yet, oh my, so much not yet done that the kingdom will do at the second coming. However, look at Mark 14, 25. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine. This is Jesus talking at the Last Supper. I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. In other words, it's not here. It's coming. And that day will come when I will drink this new with you in the kingdom of God. So it is both and. It is fulfillment and yet not consummation because it can be conceived as the reign of God, not just the realm of God. Now, the same thing shows up in Paul. Here's Paul, 1 Corinthians 4, 19. I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. So Paul has in his mind an exercise of God's reign now in power through the apostolic ministry of the word. Here it is again in Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, of peace, of joy in the Holy Spirit. So the present experience of the rule of God in the life of believers is not a matter of what you eat and drink. It's a matter of your being counted righteous, enjoying peace with God, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Here it is explicitly that we are already in it in Colossians 1.13. God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. We are already in the kingdom of God. This is the mystery of the kingdom. When you believe in Jesus Christ and he comes into your life and makes you new, he transfers you and your citizenship and your eternity into the kingdom of the Son. Now, the kingdom of the Son and the kingdom of the Father are the same. We see that here in this expression of the future of the kingdom. Ephesians 5. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. The kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of the Son of God, and the kingdom of God are the same thing. It is the kingdom of Christ 
and of God, and it has a future dimension. They will not get in. Paul refers to the future here in his own experience in 2 Timothy 4.18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. So he's going to arrive safely. It isn't here yet. There's much to be suffered, but he will enter the kingdom. So we are already in. We have been transferred in to the kingdom of his beloved Son, and we are not yet in to the full consummated experience of the reign of God in this world. Our destiny is secure because we are in, but we are not yet completely transformed. We're not yet sinless. We don't have our new bodies. We're not yet fully and completely in the kingdom of God as it will be. So we come back here. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God because it has this purpose. The afflictions, the persecutions that refine your faith and grant you holiness and prepare for you a weight of glory, that judgment and that purpose is to make you worthy of the kingdom of God, which you will one day enter, namely, the full and complete reign of God. And here's, here's the essence of Christianity as it's distinct from, say, Judaism or other religions. It's the fact that we are in already that guarantees that we will get in. The key, I'll put it like this, the key to getting in, getting in this, is that we are already in. Can you handle that? Is that nonsense to you, or does it make sense now? The kingdom of God is a present reign, and we are in it because we're in Christ, and because we are in it, this is surely going to happen to us. Everyone who is in Christ is going to be handled by the righteous judgment of God so that they are fitted and suited for the final experience when they enter the kingdom of God.